I feel bad if you want to start a rumor you can say without lying my wife and I are separated right now uh, and that's okay we're not separated because we want to be it's just how it is we we sold our home and then preached our way out across the country and got out to our daughter a youngest daughter lost her baby that she was carrying for four months and so we got out there to be with her and two days later got word that my stepdad was so seriously ill if friends had not got him in the hospital insisted that he go uh, his kidneys and liver were shutting down from sepsis from the flu so we flew her back after driving 3,000 miles one way and then I started driving home and that was amazing so we've been separated a lot lately we needed to bring our stepdad in our home now we have no home so we are uh, living in my son's basement and uh, we have two nice furnished bedrooms there and we're surviving and we are on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com every day for the last six or eight weeks so uh, we're thanking God that it's sold. We're going forward. And uh, we don't know what he has next. Anybody in that condition, too? You're not sure. What is the Lord doing? I'm not sure what he wants. In fact, today I need like three guys that will help me to pass something out. It's very important. If I had three guys that would come up, three ushers or anybody, anybody with two arms that's fairly quick, great. Great. Come on up. If, uh, if you could take the covers off and just hand me the covers back, and then if we can just get these, so if everybody would take two pieces of these puzzles, any puzzle, you can go right ahead and start down through a section. You, I know where I'm headed, by the way. We're not going to do a puzzle, okay? It's, thank you, sir. If we can just make sure everybody gets two pieces to the puzzle and then we'll look at them later and don't do a puzzle while I'm preaching but I want us to think about something today by the way it's great to be here my wife was able to ring the bell regarding being cancer free and that is huge and so many of you uh, we're part of that answer to prayer. I know I'm not even going to ask for hands, but a pile of you message and pray, and, and God brought us through a, a, really the toughest challenge of our lives. So if everybody can just take two pieces of any of these puzzles, that'll help me out, and hold on to it. Don't try to fit anything together, uh, but just hold on to those. It's good to be here. I'll be back tonight. I can't wait for... 5 p.m. prayer. Uh, I heard that's going fairly well. It's quiet here. Come on. Uh, I hear that's going fairly well, that God is doing some great things. There's, there's something about prayer uh, that changes us. Whether we pray alone, some of the greatest growth in our church was when we had a Sunday evening prayer meeting. And we, we even had one guy come in one day off the street. I was out sweeping the sidewalks. We were a downtown 
location. And on the street, this young guy came in, probably 25, and he was all tattooed and piercings and everything. And uh, he, I said, you want to come in and join us? He said, no, I can't come into a church. He said, uh, I have tattoos. He said, oh, you'll be fine. I said, a couple of my board members have them. You know what I mean? I didn't tell him, I don't, I'm not fond of them, but what are you going to do? You had your tattoo, whatever. I'm not going to get into that debate. Believe me, that's a deep thing. And then he said, yeah, but I have piercings. I said, oh, my best friend was pierced. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I told him a little about Jesus, and prayer meeting was about to start, so I brought him in and turned him over to my son, who was about his age. And they went in the back room, and my son led him to Christ, and he attended for months. God did great things in his life until they moved to another state. But uh, that all happened from a prayer meeting. We had so many things happen in the Sunday evening prayer meeting that I, I'm looking forward to what God has tonight for you and I. I. Do you believe he has something for us tonight? And then I believe he's given me a word for tonight. I believe in the name of Jesus he's given me a message for this morning for this congregation and Pastor Ben, where is, where is he now? He's, he's gone to get me uh, something. Anyway, no. Oh, there he is, Ben. That first song, worship team, if we can, and you pray about it, because you're in charge of that, I feel like we can close when we pray for people with that first song, the end of that song. Because we're talking today about those things that we go through that we don't understand. If you have your Bibles, we're going to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I've run to this so many times over the last 40 years of preaching. And in Romans 8, beginning with verse 24, I happen to be in the King James, all right? So just hang with me. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Everybody say, according to the will of God. The Spirit is praying for the will of God in our lives. And verse 28, we know that all things, help me out, everybody say all things. All things. Ooh, I'm having a hard, anybody having a hard time saying that? Man, we know that all things work together for good to, the them, to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. How many know God's got us covered with the blood of Jesus? What shall we say then to these things? Hear me this morning. 
in verse 31, If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not be with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, listen, who is also making intercession for us. Man, keep your finger right there. Do you have people praying for you? How many know it's a little nicer that even Jesus is praying right now? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we're all, we are killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Sounds kind of discouraging right there, doesn't it? But look at the next verse. Nay, in all these things, everybody say all these things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the presence of your spirit, God. And in the next few minutes, we pray in the name of Jesus that you'd open our minds and hearts to receive hope and encouragement, peace and victory from your word today. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're talking today about every piece. That was a lengthy text. I'm aware of that. I know that. And a lot of times you cut it back, but I'd rather cut the message back a little to fit in the time slot and make sure you've got that whole passage from verse 24 to 39. Because it, it, early on it says, all things are working together for our good to them that love the Lord. And it says, nothing can take us or separate us from God. None of these things that we're struggling with can limit us. How many know it's a wonderful life, but it can be a challenging life? It's okay to admit that. Anybody with any challenges this week? Okay, about 30, 40 people. How many? Yeah, okay, good, good, good. I, I, I think God has read your mail today. Come on, during some seasons, so much can come at us that we can feel like no hope. There's no help, there's no answer that we're not going to make it. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by circumstances? There are times that I've shook at what the doctor has said. I literally shook when I walked into our home 24 hours before closing and it was a cold spell and the pipes had burst in the basement for the second time. In, they had never done it in all the years we'd been there because one of the groups touring the home had left the, the basement doors. They hadn't connected them properly, uh, latched them, and that had blown open in that coldest season. And I just started to shake, saying, Lord Jesus, you're going to think this preacher's crazy, but it happened again. And... I literally walked through the house praying in tongues. I'm serious. Is that okay with you? Everybody okay? Uh, I believe in that. 
and uh, it was just uh, so much coming at you at a and some seasons you feel no hope, no answer, no rescue, no freedom. Have you been there today? Let me ask today, have you ever done a puzzle? Anybody ever done a puzzle? Yeah, we, I, I'm kind of guilty because uh, uh, with my stepdad at home, he's 84. He's doing much better, by the way. Thank you for those that have been praying. Uh, he'll be with us now for the rest of his life. He probably won't be living independently, but we're having a great time. In fact, my, uh, he loves to bowl, and my son-in-law took him bowling yesterday, and they had a good time and sent me some video of that. And uh, This guy had taken care of us since I was nine years old, so for 50 years he's been in my life. So he loves to do puzzles, and I've been buying some, some crazy puzzles for him and and my grandkids were living at my son's they help with the puzzles he does a lot of them and in fact to get them really irritated with me they uh i got him a three thousand piece puzzle that was all multicolor. i'll tell you if you want to drive yourself crazy it's at walmart i think it's a it's about 14 bucks it's a, a painting of Americana. It's got anything from striped hula hoops to about a 1970 Ford station wagon. It's got skateboards. It's got all these little signs. And then it's, a, it's like the movie Vacation where they're crossing America. It's got all kinds of stickers of different states. So nothing makes sense. Nothing lines up. And we worked on that forever. And they all blame me because I have a habit of teasing my family when anyone's doing a puzzle I try to sneak a few pieces and put them away for a couple of days and I know it's horrible but I used to get my wife and her grandmother and her mom that way I'd go to my mother-in-law's and she's doing a puzzle she does and I'd scoop a few and just kind of tuck them somewhere maybe in a plant pot or something and 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 when I stop again I would say have you finished it no I'm missing about 20 pieces well I think they're on the TV anyway, so we have fun with that. But we got to the end of this 3,000 piece, and we were missing nine pieces, and, and nobody admitted to it. And it wasn't me, because I was working on it too. But there's something about a puzzle. Have you done a puzzle? By the way, if you steal pieces as a joke, don't blame me for the idea. But there's something about these puzzle pieces. Everybody have two of them? There's something about it. No one piece makes any sense. It doesn't make a bit of sense. It, it's a piece. Take a look at one of your pieces right now. I, I kept three of them. It, it doesn't make sense by itself. Now check out the back of the puzzle. The back of the puzzle is even worse. Have you ever felt like there's a piece of your life that makes no sense. I still don't know, uh, 30-some years ago, why God allowed my wife's 16-year-old brother to be killed in a hunting accident. I don't understand it. But in fact, as I'm preaching this today, that's the last scripture he quoted to our family. He was going through a tough time in a Christian school, and he said, you know, don't worry, Mom and Dad, all things work together for good to them that love God, 
to them that are called according to his purpose. He and I were really close, and uh, I, I don't understand that piece. I don't understand why my dad left when I was five years old. I love my dad, but he, he left mom and my sister and me, and I don't understand that. I, I do know there's another piece later on that when he was 46, he stopped drinking, and later in his 60s, he accepted Christ, and I anticipate reunion someday because God took all those pieces and fixed it. I don't understand some of the pieces. I, I don't get that my wife and I battled this cancer diagnosis for over three years, and they'd do exploratory surgery and not find anything, and she'd go through all that, and, and I'd be in the waiting room, or I'd go to the prayer chapel, or the family communication room, you know how those are, and they talk to you, and then I'd shut the door, and I'd just cry like a baby and weep and talk to God and say, God, that, uh, she's everything to me, God. Well, I, don't, I don't get this piece. I, I would rather be cut myself than have my loved ones. Are, are you with me? I don't understand uh, joblessness. I, I don't understand homelessness. I, I don't understand why I couldn't just sell our house in the like, like one time years ago, we've owned seven homes. We sold our home at about 10 a.m., signed the papers, and then bought our next home at around 2 p.m. Hey, man, that's great. That was awesome. Right now, I can't figure it out. The market is flooded, and it's a seller's market. Some of the homes up our way are like 50 to 100 grand more than they should be. I don't get all these pieces. You guys have been following us for years and know that, that I used to host your pastor to speak. In fact, iron sharpens iron, and he's helped me with a lot of things and helped me to grow and to change and to stretch and improve. And uh, he's been a great friend. A, a good friend will tell you the truth and challenge you in a positive way. Are you with me? And so I don't understand why now I can't have him preach for me because for four years we've been in a holding pattern and we're not pastoring. My wife and I are doing antiques and uh, building repurposed farm tables and some of those things. And I enjoy all that, but that's not my call and gift. I don't want on my headstone, man, the guy made a great nine-foot farm table out of 1800s lumber. I don't want that to be my legacy, and I stand before God, and he says, son, awesome cabinet you made. That was awesome. Okay, next. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, those things are good. That's all great. I love it. I plan on attacking some when I get home this week. Already got a couple of orders, but uh, I don't understand the fact that we're in a holding pattern when, when Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he send forth laborers. And so we're doing ministry whatever. We don't understand, but the designer knows. The designer knows what's on the cover someday. The designer knows the details. <laughs> and, and some of us are so mixed up uh, with, with the things we're wondering, God, why are you allowing it? Some of us are so challenged that you're sitting there saying, how many noticed that I just mixed all three puzzles up out here? 
It wasn't like, this section is doing the one with the boat, and this, no, no, we just said, just, have you ever felt like that? Man, I've tithed, I've given, I've sown, I've tried to be faithful, I've walked uprightly, and the other guy got the job. Thank you for those amens. Come on. You know you've been there. You gave a sacrificial gift. <coughs> you gave a sacrificial offering, and that's the best kind. I never forget what David said. I will not offer unto God that which costs me nothing. And those precious gifts that we've given out sacrificially. Take a look at your piece again and listen carefully and repeat after me, would you? My designer has a plan. Listen, you may be thinking, man, I'm hurting right now. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I, I, I broke down in the oncologist's office a year ago before my wife did. I'm trying to be the tough, yeah, okay, well, what did you find out, doctor? And I started crying, and my wife was strong. <coughs> you know, it's, uh, it's some of those overwhelming times that we don't understand, but God has a plan. Nothing makes sense during the construction of the puzzle, but I'm here to declare all things all things, the loss, the rejection, the divorce. Come on, I know that's painful because my mom's been through that years ago. The difficulty, the firing, the hiring, being replaced, having somebody rip you off for thousands of dollars. God has a plan for all of it. And there are three things we're going to look at quickly this morning. I'm already preaching there are three things that remind us that all things are working together. Number one, it's not too dark. It's not too dark. It may feel that way. It may seem dark, look dark, and feel dark. But if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've asked him into your heart and life, John 1.5 says, This is the message you've heard from the beginning. God is light. And in him is what? No darkness at all. And by the way, no light is at its best. No flashlight or source of illumination is its brightest or doesn't seem very bright in the daylight. I keep a little mag light, a little AA battery. Anybody know those? I keep a little one in my toiletry bag for when I travel. So at least I got a light at night. Uh, because when you get my age, you have to make visits to a room during the night. Thank you for those amens. Huh? How many are over 40 here and your body is, is changing? Uh, somebody told me the other day they'd lost some weight. They said, oh, my skin is hanging. And I told them, I said, we're getting older. You know, they, they got that commercial on for dealing with crepey skin. Uh, it's part of life. What are you going to do, put some paste on that's going to seize everything up and walk like that? No more creepy skin. I don't even, I haven't had a Harley for five years. I sold my Harley. I don't dare ride anymore on a Harley with just goggles. My skin from my face is going to go back and just... Oh, come on. It's a, 
we're getting our new bodies. I just don't want mine today. Is that all right? You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be here wearing this, <laughs> built like this, unable to roll a giant hay bale off somebody's truck yesterday. I won't mention any names. And to make it worse, somebody, I won't say who, said, Sister Kelly pushes it off for me. So I started up on that gate. I'm not nervous that we're surrounded by cattle, horses, cows. And as we pull up, Sister Diane says, by the way, that's our new bull. I'm looking for horns. I'm seeing if he's... I got out and I told him, I'm bringing you food and you take it easy. Do you understand? Uh, and I got up, I went to get on the truck and she's got a GMC. It has that nice step built in. Whoever designed that is going to get a crown in heaven. That's awesome. But then you had to get up on the railing and walk back by the cab. You know, like a 350 ton, 90 feet in diameter hay bale. Have you seen those? And, oh, I'll just roll it off, no problem. Yeah, that's what Kelly does. My daughter, a girl. Now, I'm, I know that's not politically correct, but, you know, we, we men, we can solve everything. And I got up there, and first I fell trying to get up on the railing. And then we finally got it, and it took a while. <laughs> hmm. So wouldn't you know, Sister Kelly made a post last night, so encouraging. I heard you got to roll a hay bale off a truck. And I said, yes, and you're the man. <laughs> I, I mean, 15 years ago, I could bench 400 pounds still. And that's probably the reason I can't tie my own shoes anymore. <laughs> so I'm telling you what, you need to shake her hand. And if there's ever, instead of a cake auction... A, an arm wrestling competition, put her in there because she handles those bales like nothing. Listen, our bodies are changing, things are happening. If you got a little flashlight at night, you know, it's great, but it's best at night. If you had a little light here now, you could put your cell phone light on now. It's not going to do that much, but in, in the darkness, it's more powerful. And the more uh, uh, unsure we are of our pieces and where we're at and what we're going through, the light of Jesus is brighter than ever. And I've never felt him closer in 40 years of ministry than the last four years with all the uncertainty, all the lack of pastoring. I've never been in a holding pattern like this. We've never had more health challenges. And yet I can tell you one thing today. Uh, I, I, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. I don't know where we're at, but I even had somebody say we'd qualify for a loan, even though our income is way below less than half of what it ever was for years. And they've got our credit score at 800. Are you kidding me? I have friends that are mad at me for that. I said, I didn't do that. I just paid my bills, but God took care of it in the name of Jesus. Listen, they may have left you, they may have hurt you, they may have tried to split your family, attempted to destroy your church, tried to take your vision, attacked your health, hammered your mind. Listen, but listen, God 
is going to use that piece, whatever they did here, whatever she said there, whatever you lost over here, God's going to take those pieces and make something wonderful. Take a look at your pieces today, church, saints of God. Look at that piece for a minute and understand there are a few things that aren't going to make sense. But God is still at work. God is going to take care of you. It's not too dark because the light of Jesus is there all the time. And he's changing us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I told a man in my church years ago, he was struggling with smoking. I said, Roland, one of these cigarettes is going to be your last cigarette if you keep putting it down and saying, God, help me, help me, help me. And he was stuck with one piece of his puzzle was he was hooked on cigarettes. And finally something happened. And now for over 20 years, over 20 years now, he's never smoked anything because of the power of God in the name of Jesus. And that one puzzle piece that so tormented him and hammered him became something that God took care of in the name of Jesus. Your present is not too dark for the life of God, for the light of God. Your past is not too dark. If God can use sinner Samson, an impetuous cursing Peter, an adulterous David in a lonely dark cave, your past is not too dark. Your past is recoverable in the name of Jesus. Look at your puzzle piece and say, my past is holding you back. But say, no it isn't. God is going to use your past to lead somebody else to victory. Secondly, quickly today, this all things working together for good includes when we question that our puzzle piece, that it's too dead. Our situation is too dead. It's too late because it's too dead. It's too dead. Listen, when Jesus showed up at the grave of Lazarus in John eleven thirty nine, 39, they said, Master, he stinketh. In other words, it's too late, Jesus. Where you been? Now, uh, do I dare ask, has anyone ever said, Lord, you missed it? Well, where were you, God? Hmm? We wrestle with that. And we think it's too late. It's never too late. God could bring us back to Maine, buy an old house with a barn and start a prayer meeting, and we could be running more people than we've ever run because nothing is too dead. God can take your business losses, and if you keep Matthew 6.33, keep seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, even though you don't understand the pieces that you're holding and you're looking at and you're wondering and you have to face them every day and deal with them every day, God can take those pieces and as you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he can make you more prosperous and successful than you've ever been for the sake of the kingdom because you're seeking first the kingdom. It's not about me getting three or four Learjets anyway. Thank you for those amens. In fact, I don't even fly. I would sell them. I'd get like a, maybe a 60 Ford pickup and a couple of Chevys and uh, go from there. 
I don't care. I hate to. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. And I know that's twisting scripture, but it's good enough for me. <clears throat> my, my niece's husband's an IBM executive. He just did a 24-hour flight to Singapore for some meetings. He was describing it. He says, Uncle, I want to get you on that flight with me. I said, I guarantee you, after a couple hours stuck in a plane, I would just get out. I don't care. where. We, excuse me. I, you can't get out. I said, yes, I can. I would bring my own parachute first, and I'd be careful. You've got to be real careful when you're doing 600 miles an hour at 30,000 feet. Listen, it only looks dead in your life. Your peace looks dead, but guess what? Seeds have to be dead to grow. Seeds look dead. They have to go in the ground. They have to fall in the ground. John 12, 21, Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it is good for nothing. Take that puzzle piece and say, God, I don't understand it. I'm hurting. I'm scared. I'm discouraged. I'm battling depression. I, I don't think it's fair. Some mornings I feel hopeless, but I am going to sow this into the ground because you're going to bring something beautiful out of it. And you, Scripture says, he doeth all things well. I'm going to embrace one of these pieces in my life. I'm going to I'm going to hold it dear to me. I'm going to put it in my pocket and say, Lord, you know what you're doing. I don't understand it, but you're always good. And you promise that everything is working together for good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. When you feel like it's too dead, remember Romans 4, 17. Is it looking dead? Good. And sometimes not understanding what God's trying to do is good because it strips us of our own self-confidence and thinking we're it, that we're something, that we can solve it. We can grow a church. We can figure it out. I'll tell you, he's beat all of that out of me like a carpet beaten with a carpet beater years ago on a clothesline. And now I have no idea what God is doing in my life, but I know one thing. He's good, and he has a plan, and I'm not taking any position until he says, go ahead. I'm not launching another church until he says, launch. And that was so hard for this type A crazy guy that just could do whatever. We'd buy a building, we'd sell a building, we'd, and God just saying, wait. And I'm saying, excuse me? He's saying, wait. And I'm just sitting there pacing. Come on. Anybody struggle like that? And you're saying, God, fix this piece. I don't like it. You healed him. Why didn't you heal me? You fixed their marriage. Why didn't you fix mine? God, you blessed him. He gave a sacrificial gift of 20 grand. I understood I'd get 200 back. No. God just said, just wait. I asked you to give it. You gave it. And nothing in the natural came out of it. But God has a plan for that peace. Every part of your history. You got fired or falsely accused for something that you didn't do. And it looks dead. But Romans 4.17 describes him as even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. There's nothing wrong with believing when it looks dead because the God we serve is a resurrecting Savior and he can fix anything in the name of Jesus. All things are working. It's not too dark. 
It's not too dead. And finally, it's not too difficult. Our hearts and spirits are going to praise him for every single piece. That's a choice, a conscious decision every morning. Every morning I try to do like a little devotional, and I'm going to let you in on a secret. I've had many friends and pastors and others say, where do you get that stuff? It's so encouraging. I said, some mornings with what we've been going through, I get out of bed and I have to make myself pray and read the Word. It's not like, oh, wow, let's sing a couple choruses, you know? Like some people, uh, uh, it'd be like uh, Pastor Ben and I going to eat after, and I know we're not, but because he didn't even invite me. No, just kidding, he did. But <laughs> there he is. It'd be like Pastor Ben and I going to eat after with our wives, and we get out here on 75, and we start down 16 to the Willow, which doesn't exist now, thanks a lot. Pastor John took us to that buffet more than once, changed my life. I think I weighed 115 then when I first went there. Anyway, uh, by the way, I think I've gained 75 pounds in like 24 hours here. I love it, man. Anyway, sorry. More Roros, please. And we're headed down to the willow, which doesn't exist, and we get a flat. And you get a flat, and we feel like, it's almost like we teach it. So Pastor Ben's going to say, oh, Brother Al, let me get this. And his wife and my wife say, well, let's sing some choruses. And I open my Bible, and cars are whizzing by, and I say, while you change that, my brother, let me read some scripture. Praise the Lord. Not every day is like that, folks. Some days you're saying, what now? What in the world is going on, Father? Father, what is happening? I don't get this peace that I'm going through. But yet we trust him because he said in Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, we will be giving thanks always for all things. We can say, God, I don't know why that person left earth. It seemed way too premature for me, but you do all things well, and you're only good, and you're a good, good father, and I trust you in Jesus' name. You're a healer, and sometimes we have surgery, and you're always good, God. Paul was able to say through his up and downs in Philippians 4.12, I know how to abound, everything's going great, and I know how to be abased. Somebody thank him right now for every piece in your life. Do you dare hold that piece up and say, God, I trust you and I thank you. I don't, I don't feel good about it. You don't have to dance and sing. You can be frustrated, changing a tire, just be safe. Don't throw anything. Come on. Be careful. And you can say, God, I don't understand this tire, but there's got to be a reason. We probably won't see the rest of the puzzle until we get there, we're going to just simply have to trust him. I don't know why my daughter, who's a wonderful mother and wife, and we're expecting our, our third grandchild from them, and he's the youth pastor, and she's the children's pastor in a big church out in Henderson, Nevada, a suburb of Las Vegas. I don't know why we were scheduled to go out there in June and welcome a new baby. I don't understand it, but I'll never see. I'll never see the results of why God called that baby home at four months in her womb. I don't understand it. But they're rejoicing, and I can rejoice. 
I, I still believe, I, I, I'm pro-life, is that okay? Come on. No, of course it is. We're not up in liberal New England, excuse me. Uh, I just believe I'll get to meet that baby someday. And if nothing else, my other daughter lost a baby a few years ago while her husband was away on deployment. She was home living with us, and he was in a submarine. They couldn't even talk on the phone to get through it, but I know God got them through it. And now she's birthed a son, and she's birthed a daughter now, and I get to hold them in about two days. It's awesome, man. Those little rascals, they FaceTime you. And the only problem with FaceTime is it breaks your heart that you're not there with them. How many know the torture of FaceTime? Oh, love seeing them way out in Vegas, but I don't understand it all, but God knows. Listen, I know we can get there. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. God, I don't get this. This hurts. Some mornings I get up, I'm so discouraged, I grab myself by the neck. I can picture David saying... Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Come on. Come on. He grabbed himself and said, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to exalt him. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. As we bring every piece to God, remember, Jeremiah 32, verse 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Hebrews 2.8 says he's put all things in subjection under his feet. Pastor Ben, come on up, brother. He's put all things in subjection under his feet. My situation, my puzzle piece doesn't surprise him. It doesn't scare him. It doesn't confound him. It doesn't stop him. You look at your piece right now, a couple of pieces, and, and understand God is not pacing the floor, wringing his hands. He's not drained. He's not worried. He's not nervous. He's not limited. It does not stop him. Have you ever said, Lord, but do you know what I'm facing right now? He says, yeah, I do, and you're going to be okay because all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. I cling to this verse. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11 says, He hath made all things, everybody say all things, beautiful in his time. He's made all things beautiful in his time. Matthew 19, 26 says, With men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 21, verse 22. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. I believe I was sent here today. I didn't ask to come. Your pastor invited me, but I believe I was here today to bring a challenge and encouragement to some of you that have a couple of pieces to your puzzle right now. You're saying, God, this is too hard. If you're willing, if you're willing to say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't even like it. But I know you love me and I trust you. Would you bring that peace to him? 
and put at this altar. Can we all stand this morning as, as the team leads us? And can I invite you with all your heart maybe to bring both pieces or if you want to hold on to them, I'm holding on to one of mine to remind me. Would you bring those pieces and would you just take two, three minutes at the altar or longer if you can and say, God, I'm here, I'm bringing it. I'm going to lay these puzzle covers so you can see the beautiful pictures. Hey, by the way, if you're broke, this one was of dollar bills. So it reminds you that your financial crisis, that he's got this in his hand and he's going to take care of it. Just keep tithing, giving, serving. Could we just meet here? I'd love to pray for you. You don't have to stay for me to pray for everybody. But as we sing that song and worship him, no matter what we've been facing or going through, could we bring it today in Jesus' name? Could we bring it and say, God, I give it to you and I trust you in Jesus' name. Father, help us today by your spirit, not by might or by power. Open every mind and heart to receive this word. I pray that you've lifted and encouraged and strengthened folks. God, we bring these things to you. They're too heavy for us. They're too tough for us to bear. But we trust you with our pieces, God. All things work together for good. You love us, God, and we're called according to your purpose. And I pray that you would take dead things and bring them alive. That you would fix our, our take our past and make it a wonderful future. That you'd give us joy, the oil of joy and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We thank you, Father. We, we know you're good, God. We don't get it, but we know you're good and we trust you right now. Bless each one today in this house, God. Do great things. Do great things in this church. In this church. In Jesus' name. Oh.